With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. So it's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us? Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to For the Love of Pomegranate podcast on this wonderful Friday afternoon. Well, not really a wonderful. It's wonderful because it's so sunny out. Um, I've put a mass, there's a massive light shining on my face, but if I was turn off this light at the moment, you would see I got sunburned today in Ireland, probably a first. Paddy, how are you enjoying the decent weather here in Ireland? Yeah, I'm enjoying it. Uh, I've spent most of the day up a ladder painting outside the house, so nice weather to do it. So might have a little bit of sunburn myself, but I think it was mostly the back of my head and my red neck that I caught. <laughs> Domestic God is Paddy. He's uh, a <laughs> rate, rates are good as well. Rates are good, and he travels. He'll travel over. If you put him up over in the Birmingham area, he'll paint your house as well. Um, yeah, but he only paints on Fridays and. Sunday afternoons, Saturdays he's at the game, and Sunday morning he's recovering from a hangover. So, uh, so don't expect him to do any work in either of those two times. <laughs> and I don't think, to be honest with you, Paddy, I don't think there's too many people recovering from too many hangovers um, after that game against Man City, and that's where we're going to start. So this is kind of a mixed bag of uh, podcasts. We're going to put two and one, um, just, I suppose, due to the, the, the close nature of both of these games. But Man City, we played on Wednesday night, um and in Villa Park, uh, rather I suppose frantic game in a lot of ways, uh, Paddy and uh, Villa ended up on the wrong side of a two-one scoreline. Yeah, and let's face it, probably deserved beaten by the better side. Mm. Might have been completely different. Uh, well, for both of the sendings off, which we'll get to later on, but um, the second one ultimately decided the game, as far as I can see. Um, and there was no coming back from, but we had a great start. We we scored within 20 seconds or 21 seconds through quick thinking from Tyrone Mings to play the ball forward. Eventually, 
pass back by Ollie Watkins across the edge of the box for John McGinn to force home after 20 seconds. And I think we were all in dreamland at that stage. Mm. Um, the the many years of Hort of watching us play Man City knew that we, we, we couldn't hold on to it. But look, what can we do? What can we do is right. Uh, we've heard the old adage of we scored too early. You know, you've you've heard that from teams that maybe score with ten with ten minutes left to go. And next thing, uh, it just kind of pokes the bear, and then the bear comes in and scores two yeah. goals, and they still end up losing two one. Whereas we scored with like there was eighty nine minutes left on the clock. Mm-hmm. Uh, it would have been a monumental effort. I know we did it against uh, Arsenal at the start of the season. We're not starting the middle of the season, should I say? Scoring a goal within the first two minutes and holding out for ninety minutes, but. Uh, with all the greatest respect to Mikel Arteta and the way he sets up his team, Pep Guardiola and the people at his disposal were a different kettle of fish, and they definitely were. And for like for a twenty minute period there, I thought we were okay in the opening. Like we were we were doing well, but once Phil Foden scored that goal, and I have to admit he's such a talented player, but once Phil Phil Foden scored that first goal. They they were kind of very cocksure themselves. They knew that they they knew they'd get another one at some stage, you know. And maybe mm. if we could have held them out until closer to half time, we might have put uh, put a small bit more doubt in our mind. But you know, bringing bringing it back to one one after you know twenty two minutes into the game, I think really gave them the impetus to kick on there. Um, let's talk about the teams the the team first, Paddy. You know, we've we obviously spoke about it beforehand in our team sheet tantrum. But yeah. uh, we had Nakamba and Luis in the in the middle of midfield. Uh, we had J- Jacob Ramsey started and Traore flanked either side of um, of Watkins. Talk to me on that. Do we looking back in hindsight? What do you make of that setup? Was it a? Um. Well, you know what for for the for the team that we're playing, I probably would have picked uh, Luis and Nakamba. In that position to 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 guard in front of the the back four, it didn't work. They couldn't get near the ball. When they did get near the ball, they gave it away. I thought McCamber would probably had his poorest game for us yeah. in a very long time. Uh, Louis struggled to get into the game. Struggled to get on the ball. Uh, I don't know how many touches he had, but I, it feels like he had very little of the ball. Um, I thought McGinn did okay. Um, you know, I think I think he's probably at home in that position, and we probably find a way of working him into it and keeping him there at this stage. Um, Ramsey, very hit and miss, didn't do a whole pile for me, and neither did Traore. Um, and I, and I think that's more or less where the blame game stops until until we get to the sending off a bit later on. Yeah, but, um, you know, I I think two centre halves were excellent. Uh, Emmy Martinez did okay apart from the second goal. Um, little bit disappointed with the two fullbacks. I thought every time City came down a flank, there was acres of space for whoever was on the opposite wing, and it was usually Phil Foden who found himself somewhere between five and ten yards off the fullback with loads of room. And it, ultimately, it cost us with the first goal. He just had so much space in there, and there was just nobody picking him up. And I couldn't understand. I couldn't, for the life of me, figure out who was that supposed to be, who was picking up that extra man because there shouldn't have been an extra man, and he was even propping up there when when they were down to ten men, which I couldn't get my head around. But look, you could go into it all day. The, the bottom line is we we gave them too much respect. They exploited our weaknesses. They got at us. They kept their game plan, and and I think I think this is important. 
in in the last few weeks, all we've heard is, "Oh, we need to shake it up. We need we need to change the, the system. We need to do this. We need to do that." We're just not good enough to shake up the system. We need more players in there. I think I think you know if we look at look back at this game, look at the Liverpool game, we ha- we just haven't hadn't got what it takes to hang on against Liverpool. Um, we made a silly mistake in this one, getting our, our, our player sent off when they were down to ten men, and and that's what's ultimately cost us in the end. Um, it was it, like it's it's so hard playing against a team that plays that plays such. You know they just don't give the ball away. It's 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 even without you know playing the likes of Aguero and De Bruyne and you know it's incredible the stuff they can do with the football. Um, I I think Phil Foden is probably one of the best players in the league at the moment as well. Mm. So we'd a lot we'd a lot to deal with there. You know when you when you put it down, but you know what what a point I'm getting at with with changing the system. Pep Guardiola never changes the system. Never ever changes the system. His system is what it is, and and I alluded to this in a previous podcast. We need to get used to this being our system. We just need to bring the players in, yeah, that will fit into that system and push us on to the next level. And unfortunately, that's going to cost us money, and we will need to ship players out in order to to play that kind of football on a weekly basis. Can't agree more on that aspect. Um, like realistically speaking, it was. Like they they just had so much quality. You go down through their team. I'm tr- I'm struggling. Barzinchenko, you know, he takes Zinchenko out of it there. Every single one of their players costs big, big, big money. You go down through our team there, and yes, look, we've got some players in there. We've got people costing ten million and so on. But you know, we don't have anyone of the marquee nature. Like Bernardo Silva was just immense as yeah. well for for City. Like Bernardo Silva, he is like he's rotatable in that Man City squad. If we have Bernardo Silva, we play him till his legs fell off, you know. And um, mm. so, so there's there is a difference, and it's not an excuse to make to say that this is the situation with Aston Villa at the moment. But making substitutions for the sake of making substitutions is is like it's 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 pantomime stuff, I think, at times because you know that's all well and good making those substitutions, and people can say, look, it is criminal that Aston Villa haven't invested in their bench, but you can't. You know, you, you can't do it all in one year. And yeah. we certainly have made progress, and nobody can nobody can say that it hasn't been progress this year. And I know we keep on probably coming down on this side every single podcast, especially every single podcast we lose. But nobody can say we haven't made progress. But let's see where we are next year. This is the year whereby we start to see the pig get fat, if that makes sense. So at the moment, what we're looking at is we're looking at you know, this 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 is a saleable pig, but if we want to make the best out of our investment, we need to fatten it up slightly yeah. um, to have a spot in agricultural term there. But you know, so I'm I'm really interested in this in this uh, off season, really mm. interested in seeing what happens. There will have to be players that will grow up because you can only you can have 25 in your squad. Interesting to read today that um that Kane Hayden Kessler we'll get on to this, but Kane Hayden yeah. Kessler and Carney Chukmoenko was on the bench against uh, Man City um, and uh, Jaden Philogene Bidis uh, were all training with first team squad today. They weren't in the squad for the 20s. And Louis Barry, I think. Louis Barry as well. Yeah, why, mm-hmm. like, I, I think we will get to a stage at the end of the season when, you know, things are a little less, how will I put it? Um, <laughs> you know, you can't really do it with like six or seven games left to go. And I know people would say, well, why can't you? Why can't you do it? Well, there's an integrity of this league as well. 
you know, you're playing against teams who have something to play for. And I know we could have the attitude of fuck them, you know, we look after our own patch. Um, but uh, well, that's I, what everybody I, else would do. So well, I don't know. Would they, I don't know. Like, I, I don't know, would they? Because I think at this instance, like, with the best win in the world, the Louis Barry and Chuck Mwenko and, uh, and Kane Hayden Kessler, we're going to go and buy players that potentially will play in their positions next year. Uh, yeah, but do you do you think for one minute if Man City had already won the league, we wouldn't have saw Seferin starting in goal, uh, Aki, um, you know, yeah, all these kind of players would have played on Wednesday night. That's the Paddy, they're we not, they're not, they're not 19 years of age. That's the thing. That's what I I know. No. We don't have those, so that's that's yeah. what, that, and I, that's what you're getting at. Sorry, I cut you <laughs> off too early. That's yeah. what you get. <laughs> um, <laughs> look. It, for me, I would throw a couple of the, like this is this Sunday is the game to throw them into it, and we'll get onto that mm. at a later stage. Yeah, but uh, you know we're we're struggling on the wings. You know, put Philogene, put Philogene Bades in there, put Louis Barry out there to do something different. I think at this stage, use our own players. You, you know, I, I, I'm not going to lose any tears, although it, it appears today from what the. the the money men have said in our accounts that we spent a lot of money on Ross Barkley, but it's time to invest in the future now. So I, I, I wouldn't be too upset if we didn't see him again this season and we start to see the likes of Chuck Moenka and whatever coming into that squad. So yeah. um, I think Back it's, an, I think it's an important few weeks for, for Dean Smith because he's co- he's coming up to his most important transfer window of his Villa career. Because I think if we're still languishing where we are next season, there's no more excuses. You've had the transfer window. So the only excuse is going to be at this time next year is uh, did did the owners back me? And yeah, I, I think they will in this transfer window. Mm-hmm. So the, he, he he needs to buy experience. He needs to spend an awful lot of money and we need to push on. We need, we need to be in a situation that if Jack is going to miss six, eight, ten games, that there's two other players there that are going to frighten the shit out of the opposition. And if we can't do that at this stage next week, next year, we're not we're not going to push on from where we are. It'll be another mid-table finish. And don't mm. get me wrong, I'm quite happy to be in this relaxing position of sitting in the mid-table and not being too pissed off after a game. Now, well, a couple of things did piss me off in the game. So you know, this this is a welcome rest after the last five, after the last seven years, I suppose, of worrying about where we're going to finish. Will we get into playoffs? Will we get into playoff finals? How are we doing playoff finals? It's refreshing to have to have a, a, oh, a period of time yeah. where you're not worried. And you know, if this if, if Jack's injury had happened earlier in the season, I dread to think where we're going to be now. So, you know, I think I think it's a wake up call for everybody. I think the money needs to be spent and needs to be spent wisely. I think we need to be looking around for Premier League experience or at least top half of, of European leagues especially around the attacking area of the pitch. So, yeah, big window. Um, uh, there'll be a lot of work done in the summer, um, a lot of people coming and going. And I'm sure we'll do a podcast towards the end of the season about who we'd like to see going and whatever. So um, uh, we'll we'll talk about that again. But the, ma- the match itself, very little to be upset over. Um, I think Maddie Cash, you know, he, he knows himself. There's no need to call him out on it. He knows that it was a stupid decision to dive in like that, especially so far from goal. But uh, I'm going to have my little my little usual referee's rant because he booked 
He booked Maddie Cash for pulling a fella back. And then he didn't book Rodri for the same thing a few minutes later. And let's let's look at what happened when John Stones was sent off. Uh, Pep Guardiola ran up and down the technical area, ran into our technical area, absolutely lost his shit. And in the reverse fixture, Dean Smith stood there, had a chat with the linesman. Linesman called over the uh, referee uh, who was talking about his juggling balls, basically calling them clowns, and that was enough for a red card when they didn't even have the balls to show the yellow card to, to Pep Guardiola. So there is a two-tier league there. It's still there. And you think after everything that happened this week that this would start to even out, but it's not, and it's not good enough. And it needs, we need, I would actually go as far as saying that there's only a very small few of good, solid referees, fair referees in this league. And that need, that whole mindset needs to be changed because it's not good enough. The one good thing the Florentino Perez did uh, wax lyrically about, I think, with regards to the, su- the Super League was, and he was throwing out all this stuff to try and get people on board after the backlash. The mm. thing that he said, the referees will be mic'd up and you'll be able to hear VAR talking to the refs and everyone was going, brilliant, that's fantastic, but you're still fucking stealing football, buddy. You know, you're still stealing. <laughs> and you're on about saying, we will pay for the best refs in Europe to ref in our leagues. And then I was going... I, I, I couldn't tell you who the best ref in Europe is. I don't know. Is there a best ref in Europe? You know, uh, there probably is. I'm sure I'm being very harsh on, 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 on some referees because yeah. there are one or two there are one or two in the Premier League that aren't too bad. They really are, like, that are, 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 are decent, you know, but um, it's, it's, it's the over-scrutiny as well of referees as well, and we, we will be doing... Uh, if there's any referees out there that want to come on and chat to us as well, I'd love to understand... Mm. Uh, some things that go through. If there's anyone who's refereed at a decent level whereby you would have actually been marked on a scorecard by a referee's adjudicator, I'd love to know that because I sometimes feel that referees are over-scrutinized, leads to them making stupid decisions because they're trying to think of the rule book and split-second yeah. decisions as opposed to making a rational decision. Um, but it, you know, but all I will say is, Neil, you know, I have no problem with a referee making a stupid decision as long as he makes the stupid decision both ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, all, we're all human. But we're allowed to talk about referees because they are yeah. paid major amount of money in this day and age. They, some of them believe the hype of having that FIFA and UEFA badge on their on their shorts. They they don't they don't perform like they should be in a Premier League. Um, you know some of the newer referees I've alluded to them before. Simon Hooper, I think, is the best best referee in the league. He treats everybody exactly the same. You can see him explaining himself to everybody, and that's how a game should be refereed. And you know what? Maybe micing them up might sort them out, but I can't see a day where they'll mic them up because um, I, I just feel there's a there's a there's a two tier Premier League there, and if they mic them up and do this, you know, no no none of those big teams wanted VAR because they get all the decisions anyway. So and they still get them to a certain extent, so they don't want to be mic'd up, and that's all I'm going to say about referees because we have a football yeah. club to talk about. We we didn't. I, I suppose we, I I think it's fair to say that we didn't lose the game because of the ref or because of Matty Cash's decision to lunge in, but it it was a reason that we didn't get a draw or a oh yeah. Or, 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 but so don't I, get me wrong. The second the second challenge was was ridiculous. Was there, there was also an incident in injury time where. Gundawan dived mm-hmm. and he would have had to send him off. Yeah. And for some inexplicable reason, he asked for the, the throw in to be taken again. 
That was strange. That was really strange. Why would you ask? The, the only reason I can come up with is he would have had to send Gudnawad off and he'd have missed the cup final at the weekend. That And it, it just made absolute no sense. They don't, the, the Sky Sports don't show enough replays. BT don't show enough replays. It's like they overprotect these kind of things as well. Anything questionable at one end is over-scrutinised. When it's at the other end, it's not. But anyway... Let's look at the two city goals. Uh, Phil Foden's goal. Um, I like he's just he's a very very good player. But you mentioned that he was popping up in places out in the left, and yeah. uh, you know what happened was, and this is coming back. I asked you about uh, God. I think it was sometime last Wednesday. I, we went out. We've got on an awful tension since I asked. <laughs> what did you think of Luis in the camera? Uh, but that's our way. And we we don't apologize for it. That's what that's what you tune in for. Yeah. Um, but. Uh, so Foden goes, goes, uh, picks up the ball, plays it, plays it inside, and then kind of, it's, I won't even say follows his run, but he just meanders into that area uh, yeah. of the D in front. I think there was awful confusion all night between Louise and Nakamba about who was going to pick up there. I don't think either of the two of them had a had a particularly poor game. For my money, that's where Nakamba needs to be because he's not a ball playing midfielder. I think he got lot, got drawn out of position very, very easily. I think that. Uh, Jacob Ramsey didn't really know how to play where he was playing. He got drawn out of position as well. Also, mm -hmm. the switching of flanks between Ramsey and Bertrand Traore for me was really strange because um, they, they did swap a couple of times. And like Bertrand Traore isn't going to be the best at, at tracking back um, it, in the league at all. He, he's, he's, been, he's been pretty poor for a while now. Bertrand Shore as well. If we had the horses on the bench to be able to give him a break, maybe this is where we like, and we can't even say bring on Philogene Bidis because if we bring him on, we have no one on the other side, you know, unless yeah. they're going to persevere with playing Jacob Ramsey there. But I think this that that was a bit strange. I'm not sure that came in from the line. I think that was something that was decided on the field because if it was something that came in from the line, it was, um, it's just, there was no rhyme to it, the way that they switched flanks. Yeah. It was like as if they were, maybe they were given the, the freedom to do it, to to try and stop the two uh, full backs from bombing up so that they, they'd have to kind of think about it and maybe pass, pass each other off in midfield. Mm -hmm. But the, what I'm getting at here is that Foden ghosts in there, Nakamba was was drawn out too far, possibly because the two boys were, were after switching at that stage. Nakamba was very far to the left, Foden gets in there, a ball comes across, Foden just does what he does. He's yeah. ridiculous to go finish the ball for, for a young man. And then the second goal as well, Paddy, the second goal was much the same. Picking the ball up on the edge of the area, Rodrigo plays it out, out uh, outside and then just kind of meanders. He's running, no one follows him. There was no midfielder there to check him, to stop yeah. him, make him run around. He just ran straight. People blame Tyrone Mings. I don't know. I don't really blame Tyrone Mings for that. I, I would more blame Martinez for coming yeah. out first. You I was know, disappointed but... with Martinez, to be honest. He, he, he didn't come with any conviction at all mm. and possibly should have stayed at home and made an effort at the save instead of it. But maybe he saw the danger before it happened and tried to come and... Yeah. And, uh, and make up for that, but um, and everyone yeah. heard his call, like you know, so it's a case mm. of definitely call. If maybe if he doesn't call, Mings does something and you know, flicks backwards or makes a better movement to get into that yeah. position, you know. So there was a there was a lot of um, how am I going to say it? There was a lot of people that needed to step up in situations there that mm. didn't, and, and, and then Martinez was forced to make a decision to be a leader, but his decision was maybe about half a second too late. You know, so yeah. uh yeah, look, it's 
that's 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 the difference, you know. That's the mm. difference between Diaz and and and, and, and you know, going back to the fact that Foden had, had you know the freedom of Birmingham there on the, on, yeah. the left, on, on his left hand side. Yeah, you, you've got to ask whose job was it to help Maddie Maddie Cash because Maddie Cash had a reasonable game. You know, mm. I, I know yeah. we get on, on to the sending off, but he marshaled him well enough in, in into the fact that he wasn't running at him all day. I, I got the impression that. Foden didn't believe that Ronan Adam was an option. And he was he was, you know, cutting inside and giving the ball back and, and holding on to the ball and whatever. But he didn't do his usual running at the def- at some defenders, which he feels he can get the better of. But there was no protection there down that flank. Um neither Nakamba or Luis came across to help. And whatever whatever uh especially in the first half, whatever side either uh, winger was, they were they weren't tracking back at all. Mm, yeah. Um, mystery, mystery stuff. Just goes yeah. to show, guys. Like as well, think of it this way: like for a club like Aston Villa coming from where they've come, we've like we've Trezeguet is injured. We have Morgan Sanson is injured. We've had like we've lo- completely like you got to call it. Ross Barkley is, is, is he can't be right. Ross Barkley can't be one hundred percent because the difference mm. between him being injured uh, and when before he was injured and now is just night and day. With Jack Grealish, who's injured. I know we've got Wesley coming back, but like, when you've only got twenty-five players on your squad, and four of your ta- four of your attackers that you want to use in rotation are injured, and then you've mm. got like the guys who are stepping up are Keenan Davis, El Ghazi, uh, Jacob Ramsey. They're all fine. They're fine, but they're squad players for a reason. And you put those like, do does, do any of those players get in any other team in in, in the Premier League? So. We got to use a bit of small bit of context there. These players yeah. are good players for Aston Villa, and I'm not denigrating them whatsoever. They're good players for Aston Villa, but when you say that we go out against Man City and we lose two one, that's the context that we got to look at here. Man City, mm-hmm. Dean Smith said it today that Man City played some of the best football against any team that Dean Smith has ever managed. And I know there was a couple of vocal naysayers on on, on some social pl- media platforms that said, "Well, you would say that because you got schooled by Pep Guardiola." Well, you know what? Fair play. Pep Guardiola is probably the best manager in the world at the moment. He's got a squad that's worth the bones of five or six hundred million. And, you know, there's very few teams that are going to go out against Man City. And Man City were in great form, you know. So, look, fuck it. There's a lot of context in this game. It's a pisser, really, that we lost 2-1. We were yeah. in with a chance of getting a draw in this game. But the, the sending off, you know, you've spoken about sending off. I don't really have anything else to say about it. But it's, uh, look... Fuck it. it! They were the better team, you know. They, that was a game that I'm not pounding the yeah. table at going, and I wasn't. I wasn't angry after it. I was kind of more angry at kind of the lack of context that t- the things have been taken in at the moment, mm. and anger for the sake of anger for me. I just, I, I, I just tired of it. I can't, I can't do it anymore. So, um, yeah. fair play, Man City. We we pull up on our big boy pants. We go and we play against the team in West Brom at this weekend that are fighting to to stay in the league. Actually, I think are they relegated at the moment? It was last night, a relegation no. game for them. No, yeah, they're in with some sort of a shout anyway. But uh, let's move on let's... to West Brom because we could we could talk about Man City all day long. And what we all, what just what we keep coming back to is that Aston Villa are in a better position than they were last year. And mm. sometimes I feel like that's all we do on the podcast to say that. So let's move on. Let's move yeah. on and let's talk about the Baggies game. Um, Sunday game. Um, what time is kickoff for this actually? Eight o'clock or whatever the late whatever the late kickoff yeah. is. Where so we do our best work. 
said before we do our best work on sunday at seven o'clock uh, that's when we do our best work but we're going to have to do our best work without maddie cash yes talk to me patty who comes in there that's the elephant in the room who comes in there for you for me it's got to be kane hayden kessler for for a number of reasons um and the reason the main reason is if we make that change and can't beat West Brom with that one change, there's something wrong. But what we have, we should be beating West Brom. Now is the time to see is this guy any good. We've got Matty Cash on suspension. We've got Elmo there as backup. Um, Elmo it will be obviously ob- observing Ramadan. Um, so obviously can't eat in the lead up to the game. Um, the game is very late in the day as well, um, and you know that's that is his right. That's, that's perfectly fine. I'm not I'm not having a go at that. the the main The main reason for me is that he deserves a game. Um, I think he's been awesome all season, and he would fit in there just nicely for me. Can I Can I ask a question? And look, obviously, this isn't any any kind of political motivation or anything there, but but, but because. It's just not. Uh, Elmo is thirty-four years of age. Thirty coming up thirty-four. Do we, like he's got to be used to be playing during Ramadan before. Is this is this is this as big a deal as as it's as it's been made out to be? Because um, like, he's, he's played for thirty. He's played for twenty odd years. You know, yeah. as as a professional. Uh, well, maybe he's played for fifteen odd years as a professional while uh, observing Ramadan. I don't know. I I, I think Kane Hayden Kessler should play there as well. I think we got to mm. see what we got in him. But I've always wor- wondered about this because I know I remember that. Um, Karim Alakmadi, that played for played for Villa as well back in the Paul Lambert era. Um, yeah. that he mentioned as well before that he played during Ramadan. I'd be interested if there's anybody out there that's listening. I'd be interested mm. to to get your thoughts on it because no, I don't uh, claim. To be, I think it's. I don't claim to be an expert on the subject. Um, I know the I know El Ghazi did break the fast. I'm, I'm going to say it was the playoff semi final yeah. or final. And I, I don't know what, what forgiveness you have to ask for or whatever way it works. But I, I remember being in Tunisia um, and going to see two of the, the r- roughest uh, sets of supporters I've ever been at in my life going to a game. Is it and, Tun- El Tunis and... Um, uh, I, oh, geez, can't, I won't, I won't put you on the spot. Yeah. I, won't I can't, I can't remember. I, 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 I was there on holidays. And what amazed me was they were running running a, a minibus from the hotel and they could only take 10 because they only got 10 tickets for the day. And I was going, how hard is it to get tickets for this game? But anyway, turns out the game was on at 11 o'clock at night mm. because of Ramadan. So it meant the sunset, the guys were able to eat, get their energy levels back up, go out and warm up, and then 11 yeah. o'clock. And it was amazing to look around, see all the kids at the game at 11 o'clock at night. And, you know, it was, fun. It was bizarre. But... Uh, Totally understandable when it's explained to you in that way that the 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 yes, midweek yeah. ga- the midweek games kick off at eleven o'clock at night. The weekend games are usually early in the day, so they've had um they they can get up and eat before the sun comes up, maybe or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. sure, sure, someone may contradict, but that that's my recollection of it. Um, it, it stands to reason, you know. It stands to reason. I just, I just wanted to. I just wondered, maybe was there some sort of? Uh, I was just kind of spitballing. Maybe there was some sort of glucose drink or something like that that they were allowed to take. Maybe during the day that could keep them uh, hydrated, energetic, and stuff. But it's, yeah. it's. Look, it's. I'd, I'd love to know more. If there's anybody that knows more about it there or has any insight in it, and I'm sure there will yeah. be. Um, absolutely, hit me up in, in, on Twitter. Give me, give me a shout in DMs because I'm fascinated by that. 
um, and by the fact that uh, you know that 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 it doesn't seem to it seems there seems to be more made of it in in, in the newspapers than there actually is by the players themselves. Mm. So I'd just be really really interested in that. But anyway. Getting back to the point, I still think I'd play Kane, Hayden, Kessler just for the simple fact that we need to see what we got there. Um, exactly and it. and this yeah. is it. And and I know I go back to saying that these guys are coming up and we most likely will buy people in their places. And maybe Kane, Hayden, Kessler is one of the people that we don't buy, buy someone in his place because Gilbert comes back next mm. season. We've got a nice stable of three there. And uh, and we see what way that one goes. Any other changes you would make, in the, make to the team for the coming uh, Sunday? Um, bearing in mind that I, I watched them last night and I watched Leicester destroy them when they were a flat back four in the first half, they took off Callum Robinson at half time. And I'm not sure, a joy is that how you pronounce his name? Yeah, Came on. yeah, and they played three at the back, two wingers or two uh wing backs, and they looked a whole lot more solid and they were a whole lot more solid because they didn't concede in the second half. But it's um, if they start out with that that back four, I would like to see Keenan Davis starting with Ollie Watkins on one wing, and and Bertie oh. on the other. That that's that's what I'd pick. Is it what Dean Smith would pick? I don't know. Um, I I think uh, I I've lost I've lost a bit of faith in uh, El Ghazi getting back the the form he had in December. Um, I think it's time to freshen it up and do a bit more. Uh, I very truth be told, we 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 did we ever fully gain faith in El Ghazi, you know? Um, and, and that's not no. once again, we're not slagging him, we're just being consistent in our in our opinion. Yeah. Feel that El Ghazi doesn't have the heart for the fight, and I think we're probably seeing something like this, um, at this panel at this, at mm. this point in time. But he does, he does uh, like a goal against the baggies, though. He does <laughs> like a goal. Look, I'll support every goal he scores, I'll support every goal anyone scores for the club. Um, you know, I just think that. Maybe when when Jacob Ramsey is starting in games ahead of Al Ghazi, we probably could see Al Ghazi this weekend. But when mm. Jacob Ramsey is starting there, maybe that's the transition that Dean Smith is looking to make for yeah. Al Ghazi. Maybe not to be part of because we we will be strengthening there, and we can't keep everybody that we have, unfortunately. Paddy, there was a news. There was a bit out in the news today, and Smith mentioned Wesley in his press conference. That's just what I was about to get to because that's yeah. why I, that's why I picked the team the way I said. If Wesley's going to be on the bench, why not throw Keenan on there for 60 or 70 minutes? Give him a good run at this because, you know, the guy deserves it. I feel he deserves it. Uh, Ollie Watkins playing playing on the wing, helping him out. You know what you're going to get with Ollie Watkins. He'll, he'll work his nuts off for the whole game. Um, if that doesn't work, there's the option of bringing on another wing player and taking off Keenan and pushing Ollie back in. But if it does work and Keenan runs out of puff, there's Wesley there to come on for 20 minutes. And if he's going to be in the squad, surely he's able to handle 20 minutes. So that was my reasoning behind that that team selection. We're missing... This is a kind of a game where I'd like to play 4-4-2. And I know we're never going to do it. And this is me doubling back. And you should rightfully give out to me now because <laughs> you went on your soliloquy at the, start of the, at the start that said... We've got the system where we're going to play it, and I absolutely yeah. know that's that that is I that isn't my heart and soul. I agree with you on that, yeah. but I can't help but look at that midfield that was out there at the weekend and go, Conor Horan might have fucking might have been some somebody nice to have in that instance. There, mm-hmm. look, we're not saying that he's the next Zidane or that he's Zidane or anything like that. I think it's just where we're where we are at the moment when we're looking for a bit of stability. Um, 
He may not be the best defensively. He may, but he's not the worst defensively, you know. And I think that even if we were to go at a flat back, a flat four, even when we went down to ten men against uh, against City last week or uh, on Wednesday, you know, bringing on someone like Oren in there, have his left foot crosses, deliveries, and stuff like that, because we have we've no one that can deliver a ball at the moment, yeah. you know. Even, and, and to be honest with you, Jack isn't even the best at it, you know, from corners either. So. Look, anyway, that's just me having a, a, a lament for uh, the band in Beckham. But uh, I think that's just really where we are at the moment. Like, we're probably looking at a midfield three and McGinn, Louise, and Ramsey again uh, this weekend, which is fine, no problem with it. I don't yeah. think Nakamba is going to be in there this weekend. Then we're going to have a Gazi Watkins tro- um Sorry. Don't have Traore, Watkins, Nay, and other, I think, this weekend. I'd love to see it freshened up. I'd even nearly like to see Traore maybe given some time off this weekend, if possible. Mm. As I say, he just hasn't been able to play himself out of the funk he's in. And when we're talking about change of pace players, his unpredictability could be something brilliant from the bench as well. But once again, don't think it's going to happen. Our back four, the only change would be, I think, I think he goes with Mohamedy, but I would play um, Kane Hayden Kessler. I, I think um, he does too, yeah, and that's... That's the $6 million question. What do you think he'll do or what would you like to do? So yeah. for, for me, it'll probably be Elmo. Um, but I, I would prefer to see Kane Hayden Kessler in there because I think he's due a start. Yeah. It's going to be an interesting tie at the weekend. You know, they're playing themselves into a nice bit of form. There is, like, there's a lot of people coming out and going, and I suppose maybe we're in that situation. Uh, well, no, I'm not going to do it because it's the baggies. But um, a lot of people coming out saying, you know, maybe we were wrong about Big Sam. Maybe, maybe Big Sam is the dog for the fight. You know, they're not a million miles off, off uh, saving themselves from relegation. They probably won't, but, you know, he's made a good case for himself to be able to try and bring him back up from the championship next year. Um, yeah. just, they just haven't got enough for me. Yeah. Um, like, you're looking at Kyle Bartley. Jesus, he was awful last night. I was, You know, I never rated him as a player. He just no. never pushed on. Um, O'Shea didn't do very well last night either. He was pulled asunder. Um, Townsend and Furlong were who eventually were the wing backs looked a whole lot better when when they switched to that. Uh, it's a five or three, whatever way you want to look at it. And um, Maitland Niles, not sure he has it. Um, and then is it Diagni you, you pronounce it? Him, yeah, yeah. I, I, th- I think he's probably. They're, they're great white hope if they can hang on to him I reckon he'll score plenty of goals in the in the championship at Pereira but, as well Pereira will light it up he'll let, you know he's, he's mm. fine if they hold on to him yeah if they hold on to him mm. um, yeah he could be kind of a guy that could decide that you know he's he's played with Sporting there's been before maybe he goes ah, look I've done my time now in, in the Premier League with West Brom let's give me a go with I don't know. I'm going to pick a team off the top of my head, Atlanta or someone like that in the in the, in the, yeah. the Italian league. Yeah. He's, he's uh, he scored nine goals this season. That's a good yeah. return. Absolutely, yeah. for a team that's near. I won't say within touching distance, and they're nine points off safety with seven games to go. It's not. It's not going to be easy. Um, but uh, like I fully expect, regardless of what we do at right back. We, we have to turn them over at the weekend and turn them over well. Because I think this gives us a really good indication of where we're at without Jack. Because we, we, we're going to look at this and go, uh, at the end of the game, th- this would have been a, re- a relegation dogfight last year. 
So let's see where we're at compared to where we are last year. Do we do we dominate the game? Do we beat them well? Or have they more stomach for the fight than we have? I think it'll tell us a lot about our players. I think so too. I think so too. Um, last time we played West Brom, I think we had a similar type of conversation, Paddy. Um, it was around Christmas time, if I remember rightly. Mm. And we were kind of going, oh, we need a bit of a bit of a performance here, you know. We were uh, we were without Ross Barkley, I think at that stage. Yeah, we would have been without Ross Barkley. El Ghazi was in the midst of his uh, of his scoring form, and we were thinking that you know we needed this. We needed uh, a big game against West Brom. Yeah. Granted, they had a player sent off, but we ended up beating them three 0 and it was a comfortable, very comfortable three 0 I'd love more of the same. I don't think we get more of the same of a three 0 but I, I I think that we should be good enough to have to hold these guys out. Yeah. Uh, Not and, totally and, comfortable either, if I remember correctly. We no, scored it was 80, 84 to yeah. 88 minutes, yeah. 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 So, um, you know, they're, they're, they're a tough side. They are tough. It's just, I, I think if we get at them like Leicester did last night, we'll tear them asunder. Hopefully. Hopefully. What's your what's your um prediction for the game? I'm going to go with a 3-0 again, and Emmy Martin is to, to draw equal on that record. That'd be great. I thought you were going to say Martin has score a hat trick. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're mad for back and players score score hat tricks. Uh, I'm going to go with two one Aston Villa, um, because some one of us needs to have that irrational, uh, that 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 irrational kind of um, uh, downtroddenness because one of us always has it. We'll go two one, but I'm going to go with something off the wall and say Wesley gets off the bench and gets a goal. Why not? Fuck it. I hope the game is done and dusted by the time Wesley gets off the bench. <laughs> yeah, well, why not? Why not? Uh, we'll, we'll be 2-0. We'll be 1-0 up. Wesley gets a goal and then they get a goal in stoppage time. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. 2-1 Aston Villa. Fair enough. Uh, I forgot to mention a couple of things, guys, uh, throughout the course of the podcast. As always, it, uh, I meant to say that thank you very much to the Sports, uh, the sports Social Podcast Network. As you know, we are part of them. You can find any of uh, our stuff there. You'll find it on all podcast networks and uh, on YouTube as well. If you aren't subscribing to us on YouTube, we would absolutely be honored if you would consider us to uh, consider to click the subscribe button and click the little bell button. We will be doing a post our pre-match uh, team sheet tantrum uh, as well, where we will be reacting in real time to the team sheet. And this one could be one where there's a couple of changes and a couple of things to, to um, speak about. So please, 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 we would love if you tuned in for that. And thank you to all the people who supported us in that up to now. Um, I think that's really it, guys. You know, the league is coming to coming to a close. This is uh, this is the twilight of the league, as we say, uh, for this uh, for this year. But um we do still have, as I mentioned, we do still have a uh, a derby match against West Brom, and I'm looking forward to it still. I think that this is one where we can actually play ourselves into a small bit of form before another run of games against teams that uh, you know that are above us in the league and are ch- have things to play for with regards to the European competition qualification. But uh, we'll take this step first. Follow Paddy on at Villa Paddy. You can follow uh, me on at Love McGrath Pod. Please, as I say, like, subscribe. Uh, hit the bell on, on, on YouTube, whatever else. It costs nothing to do it, and it really, really helps us out. But uh, until Sunday at 6 p.m. So we'll go Sunday at 6, and we will have the, the team sheet tantrum. But until then, guys, all that's left to say is up the villa. Up the villa.
Social Podcast Network. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchases, full work, limited by law, 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.